Welcome to this week's Investors Chronicle Personal Finance Podcast. I'm Lenora Walters, and joining me today are Ziani Bat, Personal Finance Writer at Investors Chronicle, and Victoria Hasler, Director, Research and Consulting at Investment Consultant Square Mile. Over the past 10 days, the talk of the town, as far as fund investing is concerned, has been the suspension of Ellif Woodford Equity Income Fund and the knock-on effects this has had. And its suspension from trading came as a surprise to many people, myself included. Victoria, it was apparent that Ellif Woodford Equity Income wasn't performing well and that it had shrunk due to redemptions. But were there any signs or was there any way of anticipating that it was going to have to stop trading? So, in truth, I think this came as a surprise to much of the industry, and we were included in that. It's not normal for equity funds to suspend trading. To my knowledge, the last time that it happened was in 1996, when the Morgan Grenfell European Growth and European Capital Growth Funds suspended. That was a slightly different case, however, and I'll emphasise that that was more than 20 years ago, and many investors now in the industry won't even remember it. Honestly, we don't think that anyone could really have anticipated exactly what was going to happen. The problem is that we're not privy to the thoughts of the large holders of the fund. So the trigger for the suspension seems to have been the withdrawal of Kent County Council from the fund, which, of course, we didn't know about before it happened. As an investment consultancy, we do regularly ask for the size and type of the top 10 holders of the funds that we rate, but it's difficult to get too much insight from this in an industry which is now so disaggregated. The list usually comes through showing something along the lines of nominee, platform, life company, platform, nominee, and so on. And there's really a limit to how much that information can tell you. Yeah. Now, Square Mile actually suspended its rating on LF Woodford Equity Income in April before the fund stopped trading. I mean, why did you do this? I mean, I suppose all I thought was, did you have an inkling that it might be suspended? Honestly, the answer to that, I'm afraid, is no. So we suspended our rating in April following the news that three of the fund's Guernsey-listed stocks had suspended dealing. Um, Those stocks all subsequently resumed trading, but we didn't lift our suspension at that time. We were in close communication with Woodford Investment Management, and we still had some questions over certain aspects of the fund that we wanted to resolve. Okay, and what particular aspects were those? I don't want to go into too much detail on that because we are still debating that with Woodford, but, uh, you know, it it was lots of different things. Okay. What was your rating on the fund before you suspended it? And do you have an idea of how you might grade the fund when it reopens? So before the suspension, we had the fund rated as AAA. Um, Our ratings, I should say, are based on our confidence in a manager meeting his or her performance objective over the long term. So in the case of the Woodford Equity Income Fund, Mr Woodford's stated performance objective is to produce high single-digit total returns, so that's a combination of income and capital growth, per annum over the long term, which we would consider to be at least five years. Mr Woodford's long-term track record, so taking into account his time managing the Invesco Income Fund, is good. And it's only quite recently that this record has started to deteriorate. All managers go through spells of poor performance, and long-term investors shouldn't usually let this worry them unduly. In Mr Woodford's case, however, there are other issues at play. I think it's important to note that the recommendation on the the official investor documents produced for the fund say that the fund is not suitable for investors with less than a five-year time horizon. That's really important. 
And in our fact sheet on the fund, and I'm afraid I have to point out that that's only for professional clients because we're only regulated to give advice to other businesses and regulated individuals, it is clearly stated that the fund is only suitable for long-term investors. It is likely to be volatile and it does hold unquoted stocks. I'm afraid I can't comment on what will happen to our rating of the fund when it reopens, but I will say that we're still in close contact with Woodford Investment Management. And once the fund resumes trading, we'll consider all of the information and assess the best course of action. I will reiterate that our ratings are based on our confidence in a manager's ability to meet his or her performance objectives going forward and over the long term. Okay, I suppose a, a key question, and um, uh, yeah, perhaps not one that's easy to answer, is how long do you think the fund will be suspended from trading? Yeah, it's the million dollar question. Mm. So um, initially, the fund's been suspended for up to 28 days. Um, that's possibly slightly misleading because it doesn't mean that the fund will necessarily reopen at the end of those 28 days. That can be extended, that suspension. Um, It's our understanding that Woodford Investment Management is in dialogue with the regulator and the FCA, um, keeping them fully informed of the situation. But at the end of the day, it's actually the decision of the ACD, which you can think of as the fund's administrator, Mm. in agreement with the regulator, of course, and Woodford Investment Management, who will take the final decision on when the fund should reopen. Okay. Now, when LF Woodford Equity Income does reopen, um, should investors who have been stuck in it look to take their money out too? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a difficult question. Mm. And I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to be slightly annoying and say I can't comment on individual circumstances of because, of course, yeah. everybody's different. Mm. Um, I think it, it would be a really good idea for people to take advice on this issue because it, it might be quite a big financial decision and any big financial decision you should take advice mm. on. Um, anybody who's worried, I really would advise them to go and talk to a financial advisor. For those who don't already have one, um, it's pretty easy to find an independent financial advisor online through sites such as Unbiased. .co.uk, yeah, one we suggest quite often as well. Just thinking about investors, uh, UK equity income investors perhaps aren't in the fund, but um, were thinking of putting their money into some sort of equity income vehicle. Obviously, they can't put it into Ella Woodford now, even if they had wanted to. Where else could they consider investing their money? What other funds might be good options? So the good thing is that there are lots of other Mm. funds in this space, really good funds available. So again, I'm afraid it's a bit difficult for me to give advice Mm. because everybody's different and different funds will be suitable for different people. Mm. Um, You know, there there are lots of good funds available and I would really encourage people to go and and talk to a financial advisor if they'd like to put money into one of them. You know, don't let this situation put you off. Okay. Now, prior to the suspension of LF Woodford Equity Income, you mentioned the, you know, a couple of funds equity funds were suspended in the 1990s, mm-hmm. which, like you said, probably uh, a lot of people um, weren't aware of because perhaps they weren't investing or um, even out of university school um, in some cases. But um, since then, there have been some other suspensions. I mean, what funds were these? And I mean, was it a surprise when these funds were gated? Yeah, so other than the case of the Morgan Grenfell funds, which I mentioned earlier, the only other time that I can remember UK funds suspending was in 2016, Mm. following the Brexit vote, when a number of UK commercial property funds suspended dealing. Probably quite a lot of people will remember that. Um, 
That was far less of a surprise than the Woodford Equity Income Fund suspension. So property funds are quite a different case, actually. They invest in very illiquid assets in daily dealing funds. So it creates a kind of fundamental liquidity mismatch. Um, in the case of the property funds, all of the funds which had suspended dealing subsequently reopened a few months later. Okay. Um, I suppose the important thing now is to consider what might happen going forward. So do you think it's likely that any of the funds of any kind might be suspended from trading in future? I mean, what features of a fund could investors examine to monitor the risk of this happening? So in short, yes, it's always possible that a fund could suspend dealing in the future. I mean, investing carries risks. There's no such thing as a free lunch. And I'm afraid that if you want to generate returns higher than cash, then you're going to have to accept that you'll need to take on some risk to do that. Often risk is simply thought of as the risk of losing capital, so bad performance. But in reality, there are many different types of risks associated with investing. And I'm afraid a fund suspending is one of them. I don't want to scare people here. As I think I've made clear, funds don't suspend dealing very often and it's particularly unusual for an equity fund. But if you are going to invest in open-ended funds, then you should accept that there is a risk your fund could suspend dealing. And at least in theory, it could happen to any fund. Hmm. I mean, are there any kind of things you can scrutinise or examine to, I don't know, try and, try and work out if that fund looks like it's going, you know, going, going, to, going to have to gate itself? I don't think there's really a kind of magic solution Mm. for this. So there are certain features, you know, for example, in the case of the property funds, Mm. the the assets within the fund were very illiquid. So Mm. that's a slightly more obvious case. Um, In the case of this fund, as I mentioned before, I think the main trigger was one fairly large investor Mm. coming out. and, And that's much more difficult to analyse because you just don't know it's going to happen. I think you have to be aware of all of the risks, take them all in conjunction. Mm. And as I said before, unfortunately, you probably just have to accept that this could happen to your investments. doesn't mean it will, but it could. Yeah. That said, I mean, the Woodford Fund, um, it's classified as an equity fund, but in actual fact, it had a chunk of unlisted investments, which made it a bit more liquid, perhaps a bit more like the property funds. So ultimately, if you're investing in an equity fund, let's say rather than a property fund, actually, do you really have to worry about this? Because it's not really happened, ever happened to a conventional equity fund, has it? And I, I wouldn't describe Woodford Equity Income as a conventional equity fund because of those unquoteds. Yeah, I mean, it it certainly Mm. happens a lot less often. I mean, as I said before, I think everybody should be aware of what they're investing in and the risks associated with it. I don't want people to overreact to this. Mm. It really doesn't happen very often. It's extremely unusual for equity funds to suspend dealing. But you should be aware of the risks in your fund. I mean, again, we would always recommend taking advice before you invest and being fully aware of what you're getting into. I suppose on the on the subject of unquoted, I mean, um, I think it's notable that you know the kind of like the two three times that um, open end funds suspended. I suppose like recently Woodford, who had some unquoted, twenty sixteen to two thousand and eight, with the property funds that had unquoted. Um, but it doesn't seem to happen, let's say, to mainstream equity funds. So should you maybe avoid open ended funds that have unquoted holdings and and use open ended funds for you know, liquid assets like bonds and equities? I I think it's hard to answer that question as it really depends on your circumstances and how worried you are 
about liquidity mm. and how much it impacts you if a fund suspends dealing. Because actually, you know, fund suspending dealing only matters if you want to buy or sell it. Mm. If you're holding for the long term, you could argue that it doesn't really matter, actually. Um, the other thing I think to say is that it's the regulator who sets the rules on the maximum amount allowed in in unquoted stocks. And given the very small number of open-ended funds which have suspended dealing in the last 20 years or so, I don't think it's unfair to say that by and large, those rules do seem to work. Just to finish on a really boring <laughs> note, though, you know, I'll stress what I've said before, that everybody has different circumstances and wants different outcomes from their investments. You know, mm. if you are very, very worried about liquidity, then you have to take that into account in the funds that you buy. Um, again, I'd really urge people to take advice before investing and, and make sure you really understand all of the risks. Thank you, Victoria. Some really interesting insights and useful tips on how to consider risk. Also see the fund section in this week's magazine for our report on Neil Woodford's smaller, higher yielding fund, LF Woodford Income Focus. The launch of the Innovative Finance Individual Savings Account, or IFISA for short in 2016, substantially expanded the range of assets you can hold in ISAs, meaning investors can have exposure to them without incurring income or capital gains tax. Since then, a number of providers, often companies that manage these assets, have launched IFISAs. So, Annie, you've been looking at this. Actually, what kind of assets can you hold in an IFISA? In an IFISA, you can basically invest in peer-to-peer lending. And this means you can channel your money into personal loans, small business loans, um, and property loans, and other debt-based securities, so like single bonds. Okay, so how exactly does peer-to-peer lending work? Um, So simply put, peer-to-peer lending is it just allows you to lend money to um, individuals for things like um, new cars or property development, to small and medium-sized businesses. And what's great about it is that it offers you much higher rates of return than um, banks would. So you're looking at something between 4 to 12%. That's very attractive sounding rates there. Does that mean everyone should be looking to open an IFISA? Um, No, it's actually more for investors that can allocate some of their portfolio to very high risk um, loans. So So not at all like cash then? So not at all like cash. Peer-to-peer lending is very risky. One of the main risks is that the borrower might default. Um, Although some innovative finance ISAs offer a safety net, there's uh, no assurance that the safety net will be able to recover the entirety of your loan. There's also, as you mentioned, it's not like a cash ISA, so there's a lot of false marketing around. If we look at the recent example of London Capital and Finance, which um, falsely marketed mini bonds as an in something that can be sold in innovative finance ISA, which it's not. And it turned out that there were a lot of um, highly suspicious transactions which actually went straight to the four men behind the company. Okay, thank you, Zayani. And see this week's money section for her full report on the rewards and risks of innovative finance ISAs. That brings us to the end of today's show, but also see this week's Investors Chronicle or the website at www investorschronicle.co.uk for more Neil Woodford's funds, equity income and alternative investments. Thank you for listening and have a good weekend. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 